Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi there, everybody. Hello, everywhere. Oh, sorry, Linda, I spoke before you did. Go ahead and do your opening. <laughs> no, opening just nice to be back. We have been on the road all day, so it's nice to be off the road be talking to parents. That's right. We spent most of the day today driving down the middle part of Utah through central Utah down to southern Utah, pulling our horses in the trailer and therefore going very slow, and we had to make it down here in time to go on the air, so we did, and here we are. Here we are, and we've been parenting all along the way, actually. (laughs) We've been talking to our kids on the phone, and... Isn't that funny? I mean, somebody's always got a crisis every week. I hope that's comforting to many of you. Um, we, I mean, you know, nothing serious, but just a crisis. Just little crises here and there. But, uh, you know, it might be interesting for Linda and I to tell you something we often do when we're on a drive or on a plane or any other time when we can find a way to have a little quiet time together, as it were. We have something that we call a five-facet review. That sounds a little technical, a little business-like perhaps, but it may be, I don't know what you think, Linda, it may be one of the most valuable parenting tools we have ever discovered. It really is amazing, and we've done this ever since our children were really little, um, and we only had one or two, and now we have nine, and actually we still do it. Uh, actually, even though they're, even because, though they're grown and gone, the two G's, grown and gone, but we still gone. have this. We still have this five facet review. Would you like to explain it, Linda, or shall I? Well, I'll start, and you chip in. Um, I do have to say that we do it, even though our children are grown up, but in a totally different way. Now that the kids are grown up, as I explain this to you. Um, We decided the first Friday of every month was our date, our night out together, to just talk about one thing, and that is the kids. I mean, we talk about them as crises, again, came up during the week, but this was just once a month. We went out with a little notebook, and we talked about uh, each of the facets of our kids. How are they doing physically? How is each child? In other words, so our eldest is Saren. How is Saren doing physically? How is she doing emotionally, socially, mentally, spiritually? We just go a minute through each of those five facets of their lives and just try to focus in on how they're doing that month. And, you know, having said that, you probably think, oh, my gosh, you have to go to a Chinese restaurant with 22 courses to get through all that, nine kids, five facets. That's a lot. But actually, we didn't. it wasn't interesting, wasn't it, Richard? We just came out with two or three things that were kind of red flags that month that we really needed to work on. That we well, were not going only, to be on. yeah, not only red flags. I, let, me, let me back up just a little and give you sort of the, the underlying concept of this because it really is a fabulous parenting technique. It's more than a technique. It's a, it's a methodology that may save your family from a lot of heartache even, if it may be too strong a word. But let me explain. Um, all the studies we know of show that uh, that uh, parents, whenever there's a problem with a child or whenever there's something that doesn't go well or whenever the parents are feeling guilty, which happens often with parenting, by the way, 
the tendency is to say, oh, if only I'd seen that coming. Oh, if only I'd been ahead of that one. If only I'd noticed the warning signs. If only I had sort of seen what was happening. And this might be a big, serious crisis, like a drug problem. It might be some fairly small thing. But in in so many cases, we realize after the fact, as parents, that there probably were some danger signals and we may have missed them. In fact, here's a real, let's start off on the negative and then we'll get to the positive. But there's a very scary statistic that uh, a study was done on kids with severe drug problems, and um, all they were trying to measure was the elapsed time, how much time went by from the time the, the, the kid first experimented with drugs and the time that either parent knew anything about it. And it is pretty frightening when you realize the average elapsed time was 23 months. Nearly two years went by from the first experimentation until one of the parents figured out that there was a problem here. And that's the average time, Linda. So that means that in some cases, it was even longer than that. And you may say, well, those must be really crappy parents. I mean, those people must not even have any interest in their kids. But in fact, this was a broadly based study, and the parents in most cases were good conscientious parents. How do those things creep up on us? Well, that's a lead-in to saying that this five-facet review is an exercise where if you once a month devote a whole evening as the mom and dad, and if you're a single parent, you can do this with a grandparent or with a neighbor or someone else who knows your kids, where you sit down and deliberately and conscientiously say, how is Billy doing physically? And you talk about it for a little while. It might be everything from are his teeth straight to does he have any problems we've noticed to something positive, like what are we noticing about his physical talents or gifts or athletic abilities or musical abilities or whatever. And then how's Billy doing mentally? And you'd talk about school things. You'd talk about how he processes information. Then how's he doing emotionally? Of course, that would involve friends and social skills. Then how's he doing in terms of his 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 spirituality? How's, where's his heart? How's his heart doing? And then finally, how's he doing emotionally? Where are his moods, his mood swings, and so on? And I'll tell you, Linda, just speaking from experience over all the years we've done it, we always come up with something that we're really going to watch, that we're really concerned about, something one of us has noticed that needs some follow-up, or we come up with something where we say, wow, there's an opportunity there. There's a talent or a skill or something. We should be doing a better job of developing. In other words, there's always a real positive payoff for having a five-facet review every month. Well, I think that that uh, when a child's behavior kind of changes and and you're wondering what's going on, what it takes is putting your heads together. And and I know that there are a lot of single parents probably listening. If you're a single parent, you know, ask your dad or mom or your neighbor or somebody that loves your child to go with you and just help you think through because. I think this is how we discovered at one point that one of our children was being bullied. I mean, his behavior was changing at home. He was kind of an introvert and didn't talk a lot. 
And somehow we figured out that there was a problem beyond just what his ordinary issues were, and we got to the bottom of it. So I think some of, sometimes life is just so busy, crazy that, you know, your kids are doing weird things all the time, of course, but, you know, those kinds of things are what comes up in a conversation like this, like, what's going on here, and what can we do, and we need to get to the bottom of this, and so on. Uh, we and had, again, the, and I, I just want to re-underscore what you said earlier, Linda, that the best way to do this five-facet review is not to sit down on a couch in a busy home with kids swirling around you and say, oh, we've got five minutes, let's talk about each of the facets of our kids. It really does take some time because it's a brainstorming exercise. I mean, you're, you know, what you want to do is one one parent says, well, I noticed this, and the other one says, well, what about this? And the other one maybe, a lot of times the father will be asking the mother, what have you noticed? And the mother may have been spending more time with the kids than the father. So it's a, it's a process, and the best way to do it is to make it fun. The best way to do it is to have a standing date once a month. As Linda said, ours was the first Friday of every month, and we couldn't always make it. We sometimes would have to cancel, but then we would pencil it in for another date. In other words, once it was on the calendar, we'd either do it or we'd We'd do it another night. We'd, we'd shift it over to another night. But you go out to dinner. You make sure you don't go with friends. You don't even go to a, a restaurant where, you know, you might run into people, you know, because you don't want to be disturbed. You want to spend that whole evening really talking about your kids. And and you should talk to this one, Linda, because you're the one that insists on it. You should take notes on what you're talking about. Yeah, it really is interesting because as a mom, sometimes you're just shaking your head and saying, what can I do? I need help here because the dad is gone a lot of the day often. And I just think, I think not just you, Richard, but dads in general are great problem solvers. If they have a problem in front of them, they know how to work through it and, and come up with a solution. It is so great to get them involved in this, that you're co-parenting and you're not carrying the load all by yourself. I think this is also, it was very useful for us because we had two children with learning disabilities. And, and I remember when we had a child who still couldn't read in the second grade, I said, Richard, you have got to read with this child three times a week at bedtime, and then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There is something wrong here. We have got to figure it out. So, Well, you know, it's, 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 a lot of times with dads, I'll speak for myself, but maybe for a lot of you other dads listening, what has to happen is somebody has to get our attention. And once they do, a lot of us are pretty good at figuring out what needs to be done. And I, I still remember... Uh, one of the occasions you're speaking of, Linda, where you said, you know, uh, this son of ours is in the lowest reading group, and he can't even keep up with the kids in the lowest reading group in his second grade class. And I was like, really? What is going on there? What's the problem? And and one thing led to another, and I, I remember the little notebook that we took with us was often like my assignment. <laughs> okay, you read with him for, you know, three hours this week. And and I did it because I realized that we had to nip this in the bud. In fact, those little words might be the key to this whole five-facet review. You want to nip things in the bud. If there's a problem, you want to spot it early, figure out what you're going to do about it. And all we're saying is the best methodology we've ever had for finding those things that need attention is this five-facet review. Because once you go through the physical, the mental, the emotional, the social, and the spiritual and think about each one of those, 
that's pretty thorough, and so you're probably going to light upon the thing that needs attention during the month ahead. And then, of course, when you go the next month, you bring the notebook and you check it out. You say, did we do what we planned? You know, did we, did we tackle these concerns and did we make progress with them? And I, I think you're not saying, Richard, because it sounded a little bit like you did that. You know, once you figure out the problem, you can fix it quick. Because that's not always it's true. Not Sometimes it takes yeah. a long right. process. With this one child, the poor little boy was laying his head, he had horrible headaches. He was laying his head on his desk about half a day when we, the teacher finally told us what was going on. And, and we realized because he was trying so hard and he just couldn't do it. It was giving him a horrible headache. So, you know, that took a few months to work through and a few years before he felt like he was, you know, on grade level for reading and other things. It was just indicative of other things that was going on with him mentally. So I, it's just really, it's kind of exciting to think that you can really help your children by just thinking about, you know, what we can do as a partnership to help this child. Well, and I want to say that I, you know, again, this is not necessarily a, a spiritual topic that we're addressing today, but boy, there's a lot that comes into it. I think when a when a, a father and a mother really focus on their own children in a thoughtful, prayerful sort of, I need help, we need to focus, we need all the guidance we can get, I think that a lot of the feelings you get in these five facet reviews are very spiritual, and I think they're they draw on an intelligence greater than our own. And you, you get a little epiphany about what a child needs or about what might be the underlying problem. And therefore, you can begin to think about it and, and to address it. So we really want to recommend to you parents listening to try the five-facet review. There's additional information on it on valuesparenting.com. And we're going to take a little break here in a minute. And then when we come back, we got to get back, Linda, to the name of the show, Ayers on the Road. We want to tell you a little about where we've been this past week and, and about the parents that we've been meeting with and what, what are some of the things we learned from them and what are some of the things we tried to uh, teach them. And we had, we had a couple of very interesting experiences this past week, one of them with our own children. So we'll be right back. And here we are back again. Linda, are you there? I'm here. And There's it really Linda. it is fun to, to talk. I'm in a different place than you are, but I am here physically um, talking. Good. I'm glad that you're speaking of the five passer review. I'm glad you're here both physically and <laughs> mentally. Right. Um, um, we had a couple yeah. of really interesting experiences this week. Uh, should we do the personal one first, honey? Uh, let's do the student one first because right. that was so student interesting. Um, we went down to Provo, Utah, where we spoke to the uh, MBA students there and their spouses. And it was so interesting. We had a really nice crowd. Uh, they even provided a nursery, which included how many children did they say they had? Oh, they nursery? had about 60 kids in the nursery. And, <laughs> and it was a single, a group of single, uh, tw a dozen single students who, 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 <laughs> 
who were in the nursery, the nursery and, 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 and you watched out for the kids so that both the mom and dad could come to our speech. And they may never have children after that experience. We never know. That may have totally discouraged them. But uh, <laughs> this was one reason I was fascinated by this group is that uh, at BYU, such a high percentage of the MBA students are not only married but have children. In fact, uh, several of them had four children already. Imagine uh, going to graduate school with four and one had five. There were the, the little uh, leader of the pack was a, a cute mom who actually had organized the event. Maybe that's why she organized it, Linda, is because she has five children. <laughs> and that's probably why she needed it, poor little thing. But, you know, it is very interesting how different the mentality is um, out in the West. And I don't know if it has to do with West and East or, or whether it's church influence or what it is, but... It is so interesting because we had a daughter-in-law who graduated from Harvard, and she uh, was one of four or five that were even married, and may have been In the, the whole first class. person. Yeah. Yes, and may have been the first person ever to walk through pregnant, <laughs> which is just unheard of. And so uh, it was. It is very, very interesting. But boy, because these are smart people, and because they were. Uh, you know, MBA students interested in how to teach their children about how to deal with money, how to deal with decisions and goals and so on. They were a rapt audience. So fun. So many good questions. Well, they really were. And I, what I was going to say is I, you know, I did an MBA, but mine was was in Boston at Harvard. And I had very few classmates who were married. I was, you and I had only been married for a matter of uh, weeks when we first started, Linda. But I was somewhat of a curiosity because I was a married Harvard MBA student, but boy, that's not the case in the BYU MBA program. You'd be a, you'd be kind of an anomaly if you weren't married, being in that program. So, so here we are in this big auditorium, and they're all they're all great students and their spouses, and they're all keep in mind studying management, and so naturally we tried to talk about the management challenge of a family. And I think we all uh, concluded the same thing, that uh, that managing a growing family and children is the most difficult management challenge in the world, much more difficult than most business management for many reasons, one of them being uh, in business, if you have an employee that's not cutting it, you can fire them. You can't fire your children. <laughs> yes, that's so right true. away, right away you know this is a much more complex management challenge. Having said that, though, I, I used to love to go to business seminars when we were growing up together with our kids because there are so many good business principles that you can apply in a family. And I, I just thought it was so fascinating to do that. But needless to say, these kids were really, I mean, all of them most, as you can imagine, had little kids. Although we did have an eight-year-old there, a nine-year-old, and one 13-year-old among those people who were doing yeah. their graduate degrees. Were but they in the nursery? I, were those, those older kids weren't in the nursery, though, I don't think. <laughs> well, if they were, they were babysitting. <laughs> they, were, they were helping out, probably, right. yeah, but it was. Right. That, that really did make it intriguing that they were that far along with their families, but... What I'm saying to you is we tried to talk about it from a business standpoint. We in fact, we talked about the five-facet review as a parenting technique that is also a management technique. We talked about middle management, which by, by in, in that definition for that evening was if you have 
an older child and the younger child, promote the older one to middle management and have him help you to teach and supervise and look out for the younger child. In other words, delegation, the most basic management principle of all. You know, I um, I have to smile when you're saying this because because of the fact that you went to the business school. We had all business terms in our family. Uh, we had an executive session, and then we had a middle middle That was just you and I. And then we had a middle management session with the older kids who were tutors to the little kids who were tutees. And, you know, it just went on and on. But I'm also smiling because, you know, we have a doctor who went to the Harvard Medical School, and she was saying, you know, usually you just don't drop the H-bomb <laughs> when you talk to people. And we thought, what are you talking about? She said, you know, I went to Harvard. I don't say that in my family or anything. I don't say it. So, honey, you just drop the H-bomb. You've got to stop that. Well, but I dropped the H-bomb in a, in a derogatory way because I think BYU, I, I, I think these students who already had started their families and who are there now learning to balance their MBA studies with their family, my hat's off to them. I think they're the they're the heroes here, and, and uh, maybe maybe uh, I was suggesting that uh, certain other schools are not that progressive and not that cool. <laughs> well, they have it's okay, they, they but started their families. So there's my little going apology, on. But I, going I want to yeah. go. Yeah, I want to go on to the, a more personal thing before we run out of time. We. Um, we love family meetings. We have always relied on a weekly family meeting to schedule things, to teach principles we want to teach. Many people call it a family home evening. Others just call it a family meeting. But if it's regular, if it happens once a week, that's a great thing. And we have had so many great experiences with that. We did not want that to end when our children moved away and when we became empty nesters. Which, now, by now, the honey, way, you, go ahead, but before, well, before you go... That, that happened to us fairly recently, and we are now empty nesters, but we didn't let that stop us. Now, give your caution before I get to the punchline, honey. Oh, the caution is that every <laughs> family meeting was not a happy meeting. <laughs> oh, well, no. Uh, we I, have to no add I hope that. I didn't say that. I mean, that. you're making it sad. I'm sorry to be on you today, but really, you know, there were a lot of times when the three year old was screaming underneath the table because she didn't want to this and that and the other, and, you know, there were hard times. But um, there well, were wonderful me meetings, I, too. Pardon me if I made it sound like all sweetness and light. What I was trying to say is. We came to rely a lot on the family, weekly family meeting as the time when, A, we could coordinate our schedules with each other, and the, the kids' schedules were sometimes as difficult or busy as ours, and, and B, a time when we could really actually get our kids' attention for a few minutes and try to teach values and principles and other things we wanted to do. You'd agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's much better. All right. So anyway, what but we, Richard is... But what, yeah, go ahead. You, you say it. You give the punchline. Well, <laughs> what we're saying is that thank goodness for the Internet, because we have children, we have three on the East Coast, three on the West Coast, two in Phoenix. Oh, now we have one in Hawaii. I mean, they're just spread all over creation. We sadly, uh, well, no, we happily traveled with them a lot, and they liked it so much that they ended up going back to places like Boston, New York, D.C., and 
and uh, California. Anyway, um, but we found a fabulous new program on Google+. And I'd heard Google Plus go by. I didn't really even know what that was. But we had an old one that we used called Ubu, but you can only get six on a screen. But this one can take up to nine different locations on the screen. And it was so fun to get everybody hooked together at the same time. So what Linda's saying, and that is the punchline, that you can now, I mean, with because of the wonder of technology today, you can have a family home evening or a family meeting or whatever you want to call it, even though we, in our case, we had 10 separate locations. There was us, and then there was each of the nine families, in some cases, where they have children of their own, linked in to this one website, Google+. Plus. It's, it's a part of the Google program, and there's another one called Uvu, O-O-V-O-O, but but we kind of gave up on it because we could only get six, as you said, Linda, on the line at once. And here we are with all of the families online, and we can see them all. And you can they're all small, like a little tile on the screen, but you can hear everyone. So it's kind of chaos with all nine talking. We, we did something sort of akin to Robert's Rules of Order, and, and I tried to conduct the meeting, but it's like, it's like trying to herd cats a little bit. But, but And all the grandkids had something to say, and they were talking to each other. They were like, well, I want to say something to Camden. Hey, Camden, you need, you need to know what I've been doing. And so it was kind of a free-for-all. But what a joy to have all of them together. And so we decided we're going to do it every month. On the first Monday of every month, we're all getting online together, and and you can click on the person who's talking and get that that big that tile grows and fills half the screen, and then the others are all small until you click on it, and it is just quite a thing. In fact, in some ways, Linda it was more orderly than our real gatherings used to be on Monday nights when everyone was physically present and could do damage to each other. At least they couldn't reach each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and there actually there were a lot more because there were 39 of us now. But it was so fun to see those little cousins so excited to see each other because they have not seen each other since the end of July. And they were just over the moon. And the fun thing about this program is, as Richard said, there's a little thing along the bottom that shows all the screens. But as soon as somebody starts talking, it shows that family big. And so... It was absolutely hysterical of kids. I mean, kids with teeth falling out and kids making announcements. And we got a tour of the little family that just moved to Hawaii. We got a tour of their house and everybody at once. It was absolutely fabulous. We had so much fun with that. And I think probably you and I, Richard, had more fun than anybody oh, else. I, I think they all had fun, but we we sort of uh, – here's a, here's a tip for any of you who want to try this um, – don't try to be too organized about it or to have too much of an agenda because <laughs> you'll, you'll never get to it. In fact, really the only two things that we really tried to do, one, we said, does anyone have an announcement? Well, of course, all the grandkids had an announcement of some kind. In some cases, it was nothing more than, I lost a tooth. That's my announcement. And, and everyone cheered and clapped for the kid who'd lost the tooth. And the announcements sort of had a life of their own. We probably, What do you think we had? We probably had 40 or 50 announcements by the time we were done. And oh, so we used was- a lot of the time. And, and then the only other thing of any organization that we did is we we said, uh, you know, does anyone want to, is, is there something 
that in is really like another more adult form of an av- of an announcement. Does anyone want to share anything new, or is there any new news going on that maybe you don't think the rest of the family knows? And then I did. Get, I tried to give a little lesson, but it lasted. What would you say, Linda? About thirty seconds. And oh yeah, and that was less okay. than that. I mean, Richard, what you're not saying is that we you'd send everybody an email before saying what we want to do is share our goals for the next year. Right. And, you know, share. And None then of the that second, worked. the second we got everybody online, we went, oh, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> For sure, that's not going to work. But, you know, I'm just thinking out loud on the radio, but I'm thinking what we ought to do is maybe every other month just do, just talk to the adults because then we can have a real conversation. So we got to work that one out. I, I don't know if we can talk them into every other week because, boy, they're all so busy with their own lives and things that they've got to do that you really can't be overpowering on this. But once a month is just so much fun. So you're saying you're saying every two months we've got all the grandkids and all the families on together, and then every other month, or in other wait words, every two months on bed. the opposite yeah. one, wait till the kids are in bed and have an adult talk. I think that's a great idea, and and uh, you know, in case there's any people out there listening who are even less techie than we are. Uh, yeah, you have to understand you don't need you don't need a lot of equipment here. You don't need a lot of technology. It's essentially uh, this anyone that has a Google account, and most people do these days. If not, you can get one easily. All you have to do is sign up for Google Plus, and then you you can uh, you can put nine other people and and get them online just with their email address, and you can see them all as long as they have a camera on their laptop, and most people do. If you're using a desktop without a camera, you can you can get a little webcam for $29 and put it on there. And it is pretty neat to be able to see everyone in your family, even if they're in eight or nine or ten different locations. Yeah, in fact, you'll have one person that's techy enough that can set it up for you, but everyone does have to have a Gmail account. So give that a try. It's been so fun to talk today, and we look forward to being with you again next week. We'll see you next week on Ayers on the Road. Good luck. Have a great week.